means truth. So tell me about your spiritual journey. everybody what's going on it's been quite some time um but welcome to top of tuesday i'm lindsay warwick i'm the conduit on spotify youtube and apple Podcasts, and i'm so excited to be relaunching the conduit i mean i never really stopped it per se but i did take a little bit of a much needed break to just kind of focus on myself and take care of things um so happy to have a new guest today. I have my friend Reiki Dan with us. Hi. Hey. Hi. Um, and so we're excited to see where the conversation goes. I met Dan. When did I meet you? Um, I think we met at that Brick House Brewery show. Like very briefly, like we heard of each other and we like gave each other a yes. wave. Yes, yes. Yeah. I actually sat down with your wife for a while and talked to her, to Lauren, right. her. and then you were over there, and then, yeah, we met that way, that was so cool, yes, that was, geez, that was only a couple months ago, but I feel like I've known you forever. <laughs> yeah, and then since then, we kind of got thrown into the podcast with Anita, and yeah. we got to know each other, like, in that hour, hour and a half space. <laughs> But yeah, it felt like instant like soul recognition, instant connection between you and I. Definitely. And I loved our podcast, The DNA Wake Up 333. If you guys mm. have not listened to it or watched it, it is so lit. We were all so lit that day. I'm pretty <laughs> lit today as well. Um, so I do, I, the, the audience knows usually I record this prior to it actually airs. So we're not live. Well, we're live together, right? Because I don't edit either. <laughs> but it's not live when it airs. So mm -hmm. today, as we record, is the new moon in Leo. It actually um, was a new moon this morning, 5.38 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And so it's pretty exciting. The energies of the Leo new moon, I definitely feel it. I don't know if you feel mm -hmm. it. Yeah, yeah I, um, I was watching a couple of videos on it the other day because I'm I'm not like huge into the astrology. I'm more mm -hmm. about like feeling the energy. But mm -hmm. then like the way that the astrology works out, I'm like, oh, that's why I feel this way. You know what I mean? So um, I was watching a couple of videos like, you know, Leo, Scorpio, Taurus, and um, I'm forgetting another one. But those are like one astrologist was pretty much saying those are like the huge like energy centers for like the new moon activations so usually like you know now we're in leo season it's all about the lion inner courage the solar plexus chakra so it's all about getting this like power and confidence to do things and be aligned with the things we want to do so yeah i've been feeling it i've been feeling it for sure you know yeah it's, uh, that leo energy is 
like you said, the lion-hearted courage, ferocity, passion, because we're talking about a fire sign. So that's Mm -hmm. naturally going to be, what do we think of when fire, like, you know, lots of intensity, lots of energy and passion. Yes, lots of passion. And uh, I listen to Sarah Nicole's astrology forecast every week. She's amazing. Trista Goddess Tarot, you can check her out. Um, but she talks about how if the wherever Leo, 23 degree Leo is in your chart, you can look at the, that specific house it falls under and then create your intention around that. Um, so mm. just for example, mine is in the house of work. <laughs> so I know Dan, you can tell I'm like, wow, I was like blowing up <laughs> my social media today just about all the things that are happening and the different offerings that I have. So I'm definitely feeling the new moon Leo energy. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about you. Let's talk about your spiritual journey. Like, I want to know, I want to know all the things. I know some of the things, but I don't know all the things. And so that's what we're going to talk about here. That's where we usually start with this podcast is tell me about your spiritual journey. And yeah, and then we'll just kind of see, I feel into what comes through from there. Okay. So it's a lot. (laughs) That's a light question. What do you mean it's a lot? (laughs) It's a lot. I don't know if we have enough time in an hour, but I'll try to sum it up best I can. So, um, Basically, ever since I was a kid, I was raised Roman Catholic in a small town from Long Island, New York. Um, You know, I always had these deeper questions growing up that nobody could really answer. The priest couldn't answer. My my dad, if I asked him a question, he would kind of just give me this generic blanket statement, you know, like, how does God able to see all of us at all times everywhere we're doing? He's like, well, uh. God, God's everywhere. Uh, you know, like it's, I, I was always like wanted to know more. And I always felt like, you know, movies, TV, media, whatever it was, like it just was not fulfilling me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I took karate when I was a kid. That was my first introduction to meditation, being like six year old Dan. And like, I didn't know what I was doing, but like, I guess I got acclimated and used to that. It became like a normalized thing for me, even though I only did it four years. So jumping to when I was about 17 years old, um, this is a year after 9-11. It's a weird time in New York. A lot mm. of people that we knew um, passed or, you know, yeah. it was just a lot of fear and chaos, kind of very reminiscent of the pandemic, you know, that happened a couple of years ago. But um, I remember after that happened, it really made us all like, you know, realize that America is not this impenetrable, impossible to invade country you know we're not as powerful and you know on top of the mountain as much as we are with other nations and it's it's it, we're still susceptible to, to to war to fighting to destruction you know so um going into that uh what, what pretty much what happened i was 17 years old so that summer following 9 11 uh, my brother's good friend committed suicide and he was really close with him and it really threw him for a loop. So I guess he was looking for deeper answers, deeper meaning. And he met a friend of a friend, was a girl. And she started telling him all about conspiracy stuff, talking about, you know, the jabs even back then. Um, you know, dark government secrets, conspiracy theories, aliens, you know, the cabal. Like, it was my first introduction to hearing about all that stuff, you know. So this girl was hooked up with some sort of group 
They were like a Christian fundamental group. I don't even want to mention their name, even though they're disbanded, just to give them credit or anything. But pretty much this guy named John was running the group. And John claimed that he worked for the government. You know, he was deep in the Montauk project. Like, who knows if any of this stuff was real? But this guy had some sort of knowledge about psychology, spirituality, um, very super Christian, like Catholic, old school Catholic tradition. Everything is Satan. You know, that's kind of like the theory behind it. Everything is Satan. Satan thinks through you. If you get angry, that's Satan. If you say something to annoy me, you're Satan. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it, it was like he was mixing perverted spirituality with conspiracy theory. So it was like he's roping people in with the conspiracy stuff about 9-11, adding a mix of spirituality. And it got to be like cult-like thinking, you know? So I kind of drank the Kool-Aid. I was kind of terrified. He kind of like put in my head. People are watching you. Everywhere you go, people are watching you. They're looking. Weird paranoia stuff. I'm 17 years old. I don't know any better. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I, I was wrestling with that for a while. Um, you know, it got out in school. I was talking about this stuff. They made me get psychologically evaluated. They wanted to put me on medication. Like I was the problem, even though I was living with the problem, you know. So anyway, that that's kind of like my introduction to spirituality. And then I realized like what they're doing was not right. <laughs> the way that they were trying, my brother was manipulated. He was fully immersed in this group. Like he just gave up everything to do whatever this guy told him to do. So I got like a real strong taste of what it's like not to be on the spiritual journey and that not to be um, in tune with your intuition and listening to those gifts, you know, so um, this went on for years, you know, years. It was just my brother was always getting involved with scam after scam after get quick rich scheme. Um, they were always trying to like finagle and try to wait, figure out ways to manipulate and get money. And, you know, with this group. so this group, this guy, John, it was a group. And then as time went on, he started losing more and more followers because everybody realized he was a whack job, except my brother, who should have probably been diagnosed on the spectrum or has some sort of mental illness where he was easily taken advantage of, you know? Mm -hmm. So my brother kind of just drank the Kool-Aid and he kind of worshiped this guy like a cult leader and did whatever this guy told him to do, you know? So it put a huge rift in my family. My parents didn't really know how to deal with this situation. And um, they, they just did nothing and just hoped that it would go away. But, you know, I was dealing with the pain and dealing with this on a can't, daily basis. Every time I saw my brother, he would tell me I'm Satan for years, you know, multiple times oh, a day. Wow. So, like, I got in my head from a young age that I'm evil. I'm wrong. I'm the messed up one. Something's wrong with me. Uh, you know, like, I, I believed it full, full heartedly that I, like, betrayed the group because eventually it got to be too much. And I'm like, F John, F this group. I'm going my own way. And my brother was, was pretty much like, well, you're Satan then to me, you know? So just weirdness, weird energy. So I guess that whole journey, not to just bring up all that stuff, I've worked through it since, but it made me hungry for more answers. And I started just doing the deep dive on research. You know, I was researching meditation because I was kind of like called into that, working with the chakras, energy work, you know, um, thinking about the teachings of Jesus and what he did, not necessarily to be like him, you know, but he could heal with his hands. You know, he had all these gifts. He had foresight. He had psychic abilities that Christians don't really want to talk about. But it just made me think that there was more to the spiritual journey and more than that what they were telling us in society. So I started looking into like, you know, the, the legends of Atlantis, deeper spiritual work, energy work, meditation, you know, 
um, I did a deep dive into cabal and like Satanism and the occult stuff because I was like, you know, what's the point here? And I started to realize the more I was uncovering, there's a battle between light and dark spiritually, you know, and it's not necessarily like the things that Satanists do is like, they use the same tools that the light uses, but they just use it for evil, right? So everybody associates like witches with like the moon cycles and stuff, but like it could also be used in a positive way as we know, right? Mm -hmm. um, using the hermetic principles, you know, the law of resonance, like attracts like, law of attraction. You could also use that for evil, but it could also be used for good. So it's like, these are universal things that like God has given to us or knowledge that's been bestowed but you could either choose light or dark and it's how you use those tools that makes it right or wrong or evil or good or bad or whatever you want to call it, you know? So, um, I guess after I got married, you know, um, me and my wife moved out, we started our life together. I kind of put all that stuff behind me. I tried to just become like a muggle <laughs> and forget about this stuff, working a job. And I was getting panic attacks, no matter what career I chose, no matter what a job, I would always get to a certain state where, I was getting into arguments with the bosses or they were fighting with me. And I'm like, what is going on here? Why is this like dark cloud keep following me? Panic attacks, anxiety, depression. I couldn't like wrestle with it. I was trying to numb it as most people do. Alcohol, drugs, addiction, shopping, spending, whatever it was, you know, not like I was a full blown drug addict, but I was numbing myself on the weekends. You know what I mean? Just to get through the pain of having to live and go through the week of work. And then Lo and behold, the pandemic happens, shut down, you know, everything shut down in New York, feeling those old feelings of like 9-11 again, intense fear, like a soup of fear energy that we're just kind of breathing, living in. It's hard to like see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm like, there's got to be something more. There's got to be something more, you know? So I kind of just started doing this deep dive. And one day I just happened to come across someone's video that's talking about star seeds, light workers, healers, energy work healing yourself to heal the collective type of vibe. And I, I felt that in my core, like at the deepest levels. And, and I was going through this dark night of the soul, like one of the most intense pressure cookers energies of depression, anxiety, unsure of the future, unsure of my place in the world, feeling powerless, feeling hopeless, feeling lost. So during the pandemic, I started writing a book um, about like what my experiences were with this group and my brother. Um, but uh, every time I would get through like 10 pages, I would sit down, and write 10 pages of my memories, you know, and it would be painful. So I had to like put it away and like ignore it and go back to it. So I thought this was going to become a book, but literally, lo and behold, that was the beginning of my healing journey to work through this stuff that I've been burying and hiding inside. And I haven't finished the book since, you know, but it started me on this whole path to, to, learning more about myself, learning more about the nature of the universe, learning more about what my role is, you know, what my purpose is while living in this incarnation. And um, moving to Myrtle Beach, I kind of just didn't have any work. I, I was just like, I had a feeling I'm like, I need to get out of New York. I just got to get out. I had this in intense pressure and I'm like, I, I can't breathe here. I haven't been happy in New York in a long time. I got to move and change it up because I got to get out while I can, you know, that's the mm -hmm. feeling I kind of get like a yeah. refugee, you know, leaving a a, a a destroyed city or whatever. That's what it felt like. So moving down here, more of that deep diving work. Um, I got into tarot and then, you know, years ago, I realized I was an empath. I could feel energy strongly. And it was always my biggest weakness because I felt so deeply and I just like let everybody else's energy overpower mine so much. I couldn't even 
feel my own energy anymore. You know, I just get lost in the sauce of everybody else's projections or soup and people pleasing and all the empath struggle journeys, no boundaries, doing whatever people want to be a people pleaser. So I started realizing with tarot, like all these cards in tarot are pretty much the energies I've been feeling my whole life. And now I can put a card to it, you know? So it just, it just like, it just clicked really easily for me to start reading tarot. And then I started watching these energy reports where people are talking about collective themes that we all might be going through on a day-to-day or weekly basis, you know, boop, give you a little boop. I know. He just, I'm sorry. Did you see that? The dog? No, all good. Before he was sitting behind me. Now he was to the right of me. Now he's to the left of me. So people can see if you're watching this. Like, yeah, that's Charles. Pay attention to me, Ma. He's listening. He wants to listen to your story, Dan. He wants to know all about it. Okay. All right. I'll give him that. He wants to be a part of the conversation. Yeah. I think so, it's um, pretty amazing. I think your story is very amazing. And I can, I, I feel parallel, a lot of parallels in the sense that when I went to CCD, right, Catholic school, Sunday school, whatever, I would ask questions that nobody could answer. And they were kind of like, oh, here's some candy. Or like, oh, here, have a snack. Like, talk, talk things. Yeah, um, yeah. And I always felt like there was something more to learn. And so then we go on these different avenues to, to discover what that might be. And mm-hmm. it's interesting that you kind of got caught up in the group and then realized that it wasn't in alignment. And then your own, it's like the heart of darkness or something. That's yeah. like what kept coming to me when you were talking about it, like just this image of, of a dark tunnel. But like you, you had to go into the tunnel, like you said, you're going to write a book about it, but really it, it ended up being your therapeutic way to heal from that and to really look at everything. Right. I think there's a lot of power in writing too. Like, I love that you mm-hmm. brought that up and who knows, you said it's not a book and you haven't worked on it, but maybe you're mentioning it because it's time. Maybe it's time but- to continue on that journey of writing. How far did you get writing? Uh, I got about 60 pages deep, you know, double spaced. So. Oh my God. Yeah. The the thing is though, it was like, I started writing about it because during the time that I began writing my brother, like I got married and I didn't invite him to my wedding because I just didn't even want to see him. You know what I mean? Like I just didn't even want to see him. And he caused me so much pain and turmoil and he turned my mind inside out and crushed me. That made me feel like such an awful person my whole life. Like, I don't want to see him when I'm up at the altar in the crowd. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want him to be a part of my, I don't want him to be a part of my life. And everybody gave me crap for that for my family. But like the amount of pain that they allowed him to give to me, I was not wanting that energy on my wedding day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So a few days after I get married, he moves. He goes away with this dude. They move to some small island in the middle of the Caribbean. Apparently the guy had land there, but that was all bullshit too. And, um, you know, my, bro- my brother's been living on a mountain in the middle of nowhere now. So there's like no connection, no cell phone reception. It's pretty much a squatter. So he's not really in my life. But then, like, he started getting in touch with my parents during the pandemic, sending pictures. He got beat up. He was bleeding. Some local, he pissed off, hit him with something. He was asking for money. So it stirred up all these emotions again. It stirred up all this pain that I was hiding. And that's kind of why I started writing about it, because it was like my parents had the hire a private investigator to go to the island to check on my brother. They had to like 
drive to like a village on the other side of the island. Then they had to walk a couple hours up to get to the top of this mountain where they were off the grid just to check on them and see if they're okay. And it's like stirring up the, all these emotions. They sent like a video back of him and that guy, John, still whacked out, still think they're doing like God's work, even though there's no one there and they're by themselves. So it, it just stirred up all these old emotions of me feeling like I betrayed them. You know, I think that's a big thing with the cult. It's like, they make you think if you leave, you're betraying the family. You're betraying us. You're the one that screwed us over. This is why things aren't going good because you betrayed us. But meanwhile, all I just did was wash my hands of it and walked away, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so that writing journey kicked off the dark night of the soul healing work. And I started really unraveling more of what I've been hiding inside of myself. And I've been like a shell of a person my whole life without even realizing it, you know, because when you're in that self-preservation, protective survival mode, it's really hard to see the bigger picture. And that's kind of what I see with people in my readings all the time. Everybody's so stuck in their root chakra, worrying about paying bills, worrying about this, worrying about the world, worrying about safety and survival, that you miss everything else spiritually. You miss everything else because 10 90% of your vision is focused on 10% of the world. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. there's so much more out there that you could focus on. And I realized that's part of the witchcraft too. Putting our attention on the scary things so we have a lower vibration and allow that into our field of being, you know? So mm -hmm. it's like they know that we are powerful manifestors and we manifest our reality. So if they make the reality look harsh and horrible and scary and dark and bleak, and we're sitting in that soupy energy every day, millions of us around the planet, we're concurrently being a part of this ritual and perpetuating this, you know, negative or evil madness just by having in it and allowing that to exist in our minds, in our bodies, in our hearts, you know? So I started to just really do this deep dive and do the spiritual work. I got into Reiki. Um, I did it online during the pandemic. A lot of people are like, oh, you did it online. It's not as good as in person. Well, it's kind of like anything else. It's like what you do with the knowledge, right? It's what you do with it, not necessarily where you get it from. And this whole journey has been a solo journey <laughs> for me. You know, it's all me doing this deeper work, looking for stuff on my spare time for the past 20 years, digging deeper into things, trying to uncover stuff. And it's almost like when I moved to Myrtle Beach, it's like spirit, like put me in school down here. You know, I was going from YouTube video to TikTok to video to video, all these people I was aligning and resonating with to just like gain and absorb knowledge like a sponge. And whenever I was like clueless about one thing, it's almost like spirit would just give me another video to watch. And I just keep going further down the rabbit hole, trying to uncover and understand more as I went, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, I get like a lot of resonation with the Hierophant card lately, you know, it's like, I used to be like the magician, which is like the start of the spiritual journey on the major arcana of tarot. Yeah. Now I feel like I'm like in the Hierophant stage where I'm like not only learning and growing and teaching myself, but I'm helping others learn and grow and get out of this funk or this collective funk that we're all kind of stuck in, you know, mm -hmm. and that's pretty much my story, lo and behold, but you know. Just, just a little, little story. Just a little. Just story, a little you know? bit. Well, I yeah. love it. And you know, you said you, you said that you felt like you used to be a shell of a person, and that, you know, you did all these things to like fill the void, like addiction and shopping and or whatever else, you know. And I feel like yeah. that's commonality for spiritual people, um, or humans in general that are pursuing um, to know more. That there's more mm -hmm. out there. Um, because I can obviously I identify I haven't drank or 
really no substances for over six months now. And I can see how I think, how I use that mm -hmm. as, you know, a coping mechanism or just to cover because I don't want to feel <laughs> And even in recovery sobriety, I feel that there are some things that I won't allow myself to feel and get into. And you mentioned the mat or the, I wanted to say mask, but you said shell. And so I also view it as a mask, right? People wear these masks of who they think they should be. Yes. And, and uh, when you start to uncover, then you're basically, yeah, you're coming out of the shell or you're taking off your masks. And so I love that you are a part that you've done your own unmasking and that you're a part of unmasking other people. Mm -hmm. um, so that they can come into their own authenticity. I think that's really I, amazing. I don't think it's like my job to, I, I used to think that my brother and that guy, John used to be like, we need to wake people up. We got to tell them this stuff. We need to wake them up, you know? And I thought that was like my role or my mission for a while. And I was scaring a lot of people because of that, you know, granted I was a little bit softer in my approach. I didn't just jump into you're Satan and everything's Satan and, you know, like this weirdness, you know? It's but, like extreme um, duality. It's it's extreme, and it's, it's like extreme it's, polarization. Exactly, and the way I think about it now, I kind of use Star Wars for a lot of stuff because there's a lot of wisdom in there. Star Wars. The, you know, um, <laughs> Obi Wan says, and and only Siths think in in extremes. Because Anakin, when he turns, he's like, "You're either with me or you're against me. You're either with me or you're my enemy." And he's like, "Only." Sits thinking absolutes, and that's kind of what it's Ooh, like. I just got chills. I don't yeah, know why. I guess it, I needed to hear that. Oh. But but it's also kind of like Satanists think that way, and the politicians think that way. If you look at the how they talk, you're either with us or you're against us, and it's like such a harsh statement because there's no no room for love in there. It's, it's either very black, black or white. Black and white, and there's no black room and white. For, there's no spectrum there it's just so right. it is extreme and that's really interesting I love this Star Wars analogy of course I really do because I feel like I, I I think I posted about this like a little while ago and maybe it resonated with you but I the idea that Darth Vader is what he comes from is he is a advanced level Jedi like mm -hmm. chef's kiss like great right very powerful and he experiences and i have full body chills right now i guess spirit's like yeah star wars tell them like i'm feeling okay. that too i got Are tingles you, up my spine <laughs> yes do you i really do yeah. so here's anakin skywalker advanced level jedi obi-wan's training him like he's got it all going for him right. but he experiences deep trauma Right. Yep. With Padme, yep. the children, all of that, the loss of his hand, like it, and well, his mom, his, and, mo yes, his mom. And, the mo and the mother. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, he experienced a lot of trauma. So he decides because, you know, as human beings, too, we can use this as an analogy. We have free will. And so he chooses the dark side, which is kind of sad. It's really sad because he's advanced level Jedi has it all going for him and that's how he chooses he chooses that mm -hmm. so I use that analogy like 
you know, I think about that, that like, what a powerful being and, but he is powerful, but he uses it for, you know, the dark side of the force. So it's like, it's important to transmute your trauma, like process your trauma. So you're not, you know, but God loves us so much. Like God, it's indescribable to describe God or what God is or isn't, but I believe that the unconditional love is so, so much there that we have the free will to choose. Are we going to be a Sith or a Jedi? You know what I mean? And so it's like we have that choice. And as you were mentioning your brother, I, I couldn't help but feel like the word forgiveness kept coming through. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering where you're at in that journey. And can we have a discussion about forgiveness? Because I saw something on Facebook the other day that instantly triggered me. And it was like, fuck, I thought I was over that. Um, And so can we talk about forgiveness? Like, have you fully forgiven your brother? And like, are there, what have you done? And then it's like, how do we forgive people that do the most atrocious things to us? In your case, you're literally be called, you've been called the devil to your face. Like that's like pretty fucking extreme, you know? Yeah. And then there's people that have committed atrocities to me and I feel like I've forgiven them. But then when I see certain things, I'm like, nope, it's still fucking there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm glad you brought all that. I'm glad you brought all that up. You know, um, the the thing is, like, going back to, like, the whole Darth Vader thing, you know, it's like, it's like what Yoda said to him. He, he felt that fear in, in Anakin as a young boy, you know, and Yoda's famous for saying fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering. And that's all root chakra ego energy, right? And what happened in the end, it's like, He had somebody groomed him, told him some falsities, took him under his wing and convinced him he was on the right side, but he was really doing wrong and committing evil, even though his heart was in the right place. He thought he could save his wife from a possible death. But all along, the emperor is putting that his head anyway, that she's going to die, you know, and suffer. So it's, it's kind of like similar to my brother's story, you know, not to say exactly, but this guy saw something strong in him. It's, I think all this, like, spiritual energy comes through the bloodline so he Mm -hmm. saw something strong on my brother he saw something strong in me he got my brother but he didn't get me right but he convinced my brother that he was doing the right thing and he was on the right side i think that's what it was my brother has a good heart he had a really good heart with good intentions but he just met the wrong person in a weak vulnerable state and he's not he was not fully mentally there and he got manipulated and taken advantage of now, granted, he was not always a great brother to me, right? But he was like one of my best friends growing up. We were very close. And I just stopped talking to him after like 20 until like, you know, he moved away for like seven or eight years just because I couldn't deal with it anymore because I know there was no winning an argument. It would mm-hmm. all go back to the circular logic loop. I could not break. And then the final argument would be, well, you're Satan, so I don't have to listen to you. So I knew that me talking was just a drain and a waste on my energy. So for years, I lived like that in the same house as him with his energy and his weirdness. And I was an empath, super empathic. And my parents are like, just ignore him. Just brush it under the rug. Forget about it. And it's like, I can't. I feel it. And I'm like threatened by his presence. You know, he's a manipulator or whatever. So 
anyway, besides all that, the last couple months, I've been looking at experience and life differently, you know? So through this healing journey, you realize that like God, universe, whatever you want to call it, you're not being punished. A lot of people think that like when you're going through hard times, you're being punished. It's because you're trying to force or control where you're not aligned to. And I think that's like what the Buddha says, the root of all suffering is attachment, you know? So if you get totally married and attached to any way you think things should be, and it's not working out that way, it's going to cause suffering in some sort of way for you because it's not meeting your expectations of what you think things should be, even though it's not your dream to dream, you know? Mm -hmm. So I realized the past couple months that if it wasn't for Adam meeting this guy, if it wasn't for 9-11, if it wasn't for the pandemic, I wouldn't be where I am right now. And I'm very grateful to be the person I am right now because I'm, I'm, I'm like an activated human. I was just a shell living in this pain, like you said earlier, with that mask, with that armor, protecting myself because I did not want to be vulnerable and be hurt again so deeply by someone close to me. So it, it's a hard thing for me to let people in. But the last couple of months, I started realizing all these experiences, like in, in India, like they believe that there's no such thing as good or bad experience. They think there's just experience because experience helps you grow and evolve and get wisdom and learn, you know? It's so best teacher. So, right. So these experiences that were bad to me, you know, really transformed me into being the powerful person that I am today. So now I give like thanks for it, you know, and I think that's the switch you got to do to transmute it is being thankful and grateful for that pain because spirit put us in this meat suit to experience this duality of extremes to mm -hmm. learn and grow and become a more evolved version of ourselves. And now I can pay that back by doing what I do and helping others along their path. Cause we get so lost in the soup of suffering and the turmoil and the regret and the fear and the anger. And the, it's all like, it's like, I feel it. And I see it like a, a ball of twine of thought and emotion. And when I first see people that are kind of like waking up and trying to uncover this healing stuff, I feel it like a density of all this stuff just like pushed together, you know? So it's like, you got to unravel it one thing at a time and keep pulling the string and being patient and you got to give yourself self-love and you got to be diligent about it and you got to be resilient while you're still living your life. But, you know, I tell people trauma is like a boulder, all right? Imagine you have to go up like a mountaintop that's like a spiral every day. And every day you got to walk past this big boulder blocking your path, right? you're kind of like sidestepping around this boulder to go up and down the mountain every day, almost falling and killing yourself. And that's like the analogy for life. But if you start chipping away at that boulder, one little chunk on the way up, one little chunk on the way down every day, before you know it, there's no boulder anymore. And you're running up and down that mountain, like nothing happened. So that's kind of the healing journey. It's like giving yourself those milestones, giving yourself the pat on the back, giving yourself enough self-love that you could heal and work through this trauma so you could be your best activated self. And that's like what my journey and what I'm trying to do on my path to help others right now. That's what it's all about. Everybody's carrying around this pain, emotional trauma, turmoil, and I feel it collectively and individually on people. And I, I just try to make people realize it's there and you're ignoring it because it's too painful for you to deal with. But if you're more courageous than you think you are and you're strong enough to face it, 
you will live a so much a better life and everything starts happening to you when you remove that block from your life. You start aligning with your path better. You start knowing yourself better and loving yourself more. You mm. start meeting people of similar vibration. You know, things just start happening when you move away this 10,000 pound weight on your ankles that's holding you down all the time, you know? I love that analogy of the boulder. And I think also, you know, even as we talked about like the Anakin analogy, if we put ourselves in other people's shoes, like actually that's empathy and that's compassion. Yes. It's like, if you can humanize them, cause like sometimes for me, I get a little extremist with people that hurt me and I can villainize them sometimes. But then if I take a step back and I infuse some humility into the situation and true compassion. It's like they were doing the best that they could with what they have. What and exactly where they're at. And uh, then you can view it as like a total alchemical process. Like the whole experience helps you to shift and transform instead of like, oh my God, look what they did did to me, but look what this did for me. Right, exactly. Yes, but it is hard sometimes because we're also emotional beings. Right, but I love right. that you also mentioned, you know, the, I'm sorry, what culture was it that experience is neither good nor bad? Just like people are neither fundamentally good or fundamentally bad. They're just people. Right. We put the labels on it. You know, we're the ones yeah. that categorize it, you know. And then it's but, that um, extreme mentality, right? Good and bad. It's the same thing. It's like, mm -hmm. it's just, it is. It just is. <laughs> right, right. Left or right. Blue or mm -hmm. red. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, I think um, doing that deep dive, it like, it makes it, you get these like profound moments of clarity, you know, like yeah. deeply profound, like, I don't even know how to describe it. I think that's like always what people are looking for, like with meditation. They expect they're just going to close their eyes and enlightenment's going to just show up in their life, you know? But it's like really you're digging and uncovering the gold that is in your soul covered with the shadowy layer of shit <laughs> that you've had your yeah. whole life. And like going back to what you were saying about forgiving people and the perpetrators, like it goes back to like what Joe Rogan says all the time, hurt people, hurt people, you know? Oh yeah, 100%. And, and healed people heal people will they help other right. people find their own healing love right, right i heard this said too love people love people like you know what i mean and it's like i think also like just throughout what you mentioned about your story like being a people pleaser and this and that me too you know it's like i cared so much about what people thought about me but now i'm at the point where i have to have boundaries like we have to have right. boundaries for self-preservation and like what other people do, it usually doesn't have to do with me. So like not taking right. it personally can also help me to have humility and have true compassion for them too. But yeah, I'm just grateful for it. And then you get to a point, which I'm sure you have too, that you're like grateful for all that shit. Because would yeah, you be where you are now? No. I wouldn't be sitting here right now with you if it weren't for all of the things that have happened collectively. Right. Right. Yeah. And then a lot of it too, it's like, it's not, like I said, it's not like spirit is punishing you. It feels like it. It feels like you're being tortured sometimes, but like 
this is like the tough love of the universe so you can become a better version of yourself. I think people have to look at it that way. Sometimes we need tough love. We get stuck in our old set ways and humans are used to like doing the same thing over and over. That's the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. And how many of us do that? I want this. I want the house. I want the spouse. I want the this, but you keep doing the same things. You know, yeah. you're, you're not, you're not changing your perspective. You're not like doing anything different. Like you keep meeting the same shitty person at the bar or on Tinder. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, you're not, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, you got to change things up and experiment with life a little bit. That's where like, that's where you figure out who you are and how you fit into everything. And I always tell people now, I'm like, I used to be so terrified of trying. And that's the trauma response too. You put this um, wall what? up. Of trying so scared trying. of like, trying thing yeah trying um things. can we please uh quote our friend yoda <laughs> do, do or do not, do not. there is <laughs> there's no a... try right right but there's you know people are scared to change things up even though they want to do it they're like look on social media and that's like a big thing like oh they're doing this i wish i could do that it's like, well why can't you well i'm not like that well, you could be, you know, it's like people are scared to push the boundaries. That's, I, I guess, my point, kind of point, you know, with that whole thing. But um, yeah. Love it. I and have... I lo I've loved talking to you. And, uh, you know, I know that you are local to Myrtle Beach, rac uh, Reiki practitioner and tarot card reader. And I know how much the tarot speaks to you. And mm -hmm. so today is the new moon, but this is not airing on the new moon, but whatever. <laughs> let's just pull some cards for the podcast today so whoever listens to this i'm sure you know we'll, we'll just ask that the energy is for the highest good for them we'll call it a timeless message yeah because there is and no are you time using to... a tarot deck um right now i'm using this book i use this these lightworker oracle book okay um i like this deck I, i've been using this to like kick off my readings for like I guess people that I know that are like on the level spiritually, cause they have like the deepest of messages and they usually like, I'll put that at the top, like a pyramid. And then the rest of the reading kind of trickles down from there with like reiterating what I said in that first card, but then like powerfully delivering it, you know? Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm here for it. So we're going to pull one card. I might have to read, unfortunately, because these messages are way too deep to just like, you know, like articulate on my own. I think it's totally fine. Okay. What I'll is the card? Show up. us the card. I'll show you in a sec. Let, let me find the page <laughs> and get it ready. I know you're, you're excited for this. I am. It's number 28, Master Hilarion and Archangel Raphael. Oh, okay. Angel of healing. Physical. The healing angel. Mm -hmm. I know you use Raphael in your modalities. I do yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. And we also have that connection of using... Um, Michael, Archangel yeah. Michael. Yep. So Michael and Raphael are my go-tos. One's the spiritual protector, one's the healer, you know, so. Yeah. Love it. So part of your divine purpose is to develop the power of your mind and use it for healing purposes. <laughs> if you change your mind, you can change your world. Guidance and healing inspiration can come to you daily, bringing, uh, helping improve own life and the lives of others. Healing and opening the mind to new realities and possibilities are the gifts of Ascended Master Hilarion and Archangel Raphael. The mind of a light worker needs spiritual light. 
information, understanding, and wisdom, in the same way that human bodies need food, water, and clean air. The hunger for wisdom can push you to uh, push you to seek knowledge, and this can be a healthy impulse. However, if you love knowledge so much that you keep seeking without taking time to digest, integrate, and apply what you have learned, you may end up confused or mentally exhausted. If you are forgetful, stressed, mentally fatigued, or plotting when you're usually bright, you need some mental time out. The mind rarely rests except through meditation, and even then rest is not guaranteed. Resting the mind can be a tricky thing for intellectually oriented or highly creative people. Learning to switch off mentally will help you remember and apply what you are learning so that you grow not only in knowledge, but also in wisdom. You have been absorbing a lot of new information. You may feel you have so many tasks to do that you don't know where to start or that if you stop to rest, you will never get through it all. This is causing you mental stress, which is diminishing your productivity. It is time to slow down and cleanse your mind with the assurance of Master Hilarion and Archangel Raphael. Sit without the distraction of telephone, computer, mobile phone, music, television, or radio. Take a few moments of silence. Um, intend, visualize, and feel a fresh, pale, green energy wash through you. Focus on this for a second or two, then just relax and enjoy the mental cleansing. You will recognize when you have sufficient mental rest because you shall feel a peaceful sense of vibrancy and inspiration. When you let go in this way, switching off and taking a step back, new approaches and ideas come to your mind. So work according to your own creative rhythms. You may find you work best in short, productive bursts punctuated by mental rest. If this is how you need to live for a time, honor that. Be kind to your mind. It can help you accomplish your divine journey. This oracle also comes with a message for you. If you are interested in healing uh, that involves the mind, whether this be psychology, psychotherapy, cognitive behavior therapy, hypnosis, NLP, philosophy, or other course of study, you are encouraged to explore it. If you feel inspired to work with your belief systems through affirmations or other techniques for mental reprogramming, such as guided relaxations and meditations, you are encouraged to do this. Your mind is developing and powerful and you will work well with such techniques. Wow, I think that's so in alignment with what we we're talking about too, about like free will of choice, like choosing to be on the light or the dark side, because it really does come from within, like our mind space, our perspective. And so I thought that that was really in alignment with our conversation, because we we are the creators of our reality. And so we can yes. choose. And, and the right. mind are... I love that message. I think that's so on point with everything that we kind of talked about today. Cause it's like Absolutely. your beliefs shape you, your reality, yeah. who you are. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for pulling a card. I absolutely, no problem. I thought it was, do you have anything else you want to comment about it? Um, yeah. I mean, I think what came up to me is like the message of rest, you know, because when you're on this journey and you go down the rabbit hole, <laughs> you get so obsessed with everything. And it's like, I know how I am when I'm like free time, everything is revolved around spirituality. I'm watching YouTubes. I'm reading energy reports. I'm looking up astrology. It's like, I just keep going. It's like, it never stops. But after a certain point, like just like everything else, you got to give yourself a break to recover and digest this stuff. 
Like I had this one girl yesterday for a reading. And when I first met her about a month ago, she had all these questions and she's asking all this high level stuff, but she's just starting out. And I'm like, you're trying to fly before you learned how to crawl. Do you understand that? I'm like, yeah. you're over, you're overwhelming yourself because you're on TikTok and you're, you're getting a mix of beginner information on meditation. And then you're going to higher level energy work. Like you can't just jump between one and the other. You got to build your spiritual foundation and get your legs first before you could run, you know? <laughs> so that's what happens too. people try to run before their legs, their spiritual legs get there and they keep smacking hard on their face. And it's like hard to recuperate and recover and heal and get back out there. So my advice kind of with that card is like, if you're on the spiritual journey one day at a time, you can't totally be obsessed with this stuff because spirit doesn't want you living your life totally obsessed with anything, right? Because that's unhealthy attachment once again. And there needs to be a balance. You know, there has to be a balance. So part of the balance is loving yourself and enjoying your life and enjoying the present moment. But if you're constantly doing, 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 that's the problem with the world right now. We're in this toxic productivity cycle where we feel like if you're not actively doing, searching or working, you have no value. Where then in fact, like God, universe, spirit wants you to rest and recuperate and enjoy life while you're here learning on this journey. So that's, that's kind of my take on it. Yeah, thank you. I think rest is super important, just as important as you said, you know, being productive. If we don't stop and rest and listen, that's where the answers really are, is in the silent, in the moment of stillness. That's where it all is. And I love that you even mentioned that because today is the new moon day, which is about being in darkness and stillness and creating from that space. And so if we're always going, 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 we're never going to hear really where what we should be doing next. We're not really going to be tuning into that. So I love the right. message. I loved our conversation. Thank you Same. so much for your time today. Um, if people want to uh, connect with you, how do they connect with you? Um, so I'm on Facebook, Ricky Dan. I'm probably the only Ricky Dan on there from Myrtle Beach. Um, <laughs> I'm on in Instagram. My Instagram handle is Ricky underscore Dan underscore SC. Ricky Dan SC at gmail.com. Um, I'm on TikTok as well. I don't remember that name. I'm on all the social, I'm on all the social medias, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do whatever it is. And that's kind of scattering my energy, trying to do YouTubes and all this other stuff. But, um, yeah, Ricky Dan, Facebook, probably the easiest way to look it up. Um, but yeah, uh, also, yeah, my website's, um, www.rikidansc.com. So that has all my information on there as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And thank you so much to the listeners or the viewers, however you're consuming this information. Thanks so much. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you.